Good afternoon. Am I on? Or is I just left? Hello? Hello? Yes? I'm on. Can everyone hear me? Awesome. Welcome again. Good to see your lovely faces this beautiful summer's day. Please. I had to find a tracksuit today. I was that cold. It's November. And it's global warming, yeah. Um, we won't get political. How are you all? Good? Everyone standing at the back? All the heavies? What's happening? No chairs? No? Awesome. Well, welcome those who are new. Where you're amongst family here. Hopefully the family that we like because a lot of families don't like each other. But we love you. Jesus is Lord. Amen? Amen? You're not coming to a church to listen to me because I've got not much to say. My jokes are terrible. I'm not that good looking. Well, yeah, no, I'm not that good looking. You're amongst family. The body of Christ is a family. But who wants more? Who's not content just, I'm a Christian, I'm yeah, going to heaven, I gave my life to Jesus, I've been baptised. But who wants more? When I came to faith 19 years ago, I came in a mighty way in the sense that I was a believer in Christ. I grew up in a normal denominational church. But 19 years ago, the Holy Spirit touched my life. Everyone thought I was having a nervous breakdown because I was on fire for Jesus. Many said to me, you're having a midlife crisis. Well, it's lasted 19 years. <laughs> They're waiting for me to lose my mind, lose my heart, lose my, my emotions. And they said, oh, you're, you're, you're just, just searching something out. It'll, it'll pass. And I can honestly tell you, in 19 years, it's been the best ride of my life. Has it been easy? No chance. But there's got to be more. If you would ask a question to most Christians and say, well, what's the fundamental faith that we believe? As a Christian, what do you believe? What's the, what's the fundamentals? You could even ask an atheist this and they'd say, oh, supposedly this man named Jesus came, he was the son of God, died on the cross for our sins and rose again. That would be predominantly the fundamental foundations of our faith. True? Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose. Me as a believer, as a young, young boy, young guy, I was a, a bit of background. I was a, grew up in Parramatta. I played rugby league all my life and I was a bit of a knucklehead. Didn't want to fight, didn't want a blue in the old days and we were street fighters and all that sort of stuff and, um, and we thought we were tough. But who knew that deep down that Jesus had a plan for my life? Now, I wasn't a rebel without a clue. I wasn't into drugs, I wasn't into criminal activity, um, but everyone's going to start Googling now, see if he's got a criminal record. I'll save you the time, I'll give you the, I'll give you the scripts later. But what I was, I was just an everyday bloke who got touched by Jesus and then the, my Christianity went from information to revelation. I went from, well, this is who I am and I would fight for Jesus and I would, I would you know, argue with you if you talked about my Lord, but I didn't know him. I remember I was, uh, what year was that? Can't remember now. But it was um, before I got married, way before. And we used to do some security work and we got caught up in this big blue in the pub and I got strangled and I went blue and I thought, one more breath, I'm going to die. I couldn't take a breath. I had to take one more breath and I grabbed my shirt and I pulled my shirt down <gasps> just to breathe. I was going blue. The guy said, these guys hate you. You were choking you. You were blue. I go, I think one more, I would have sucked one more breath and I would have died. But praise God, I got out. But I would have went to hell that night. Oh, you're not a bad bloke. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. I would have went to hell. 
But by God's grace, he had a plan, amen? You know he's got a plan for your life? And I don't know what you're going through, where you've been, where you've come from, what you've done, and I don't really care. But the blood of Jesus washes away all our sin, amen? He ignites us into the family of God. See, people want to be part of God's family, but he ignites us into the family. He, in, he inscribes our name in a book in heaven. I believe that the blood of the Lamb is our names written with it in, the, in the book of heaven. See, when I came to faith, I was on a hunger and a search to know him, the power of his might. So tonight, if you're here and you want more of God and you want to see the power of God and you want to not just be a Christian because, you know, your, your parents told you to be or that's how we grew up or that's our tradition, but you want more of God, it's pretty simple. God gave us more. You know, you look at the disciples in, in, in the New Testament. They came, they saw Jesus, they did miracles. They, Peter walked on water. They saw Jairus' daughter raised from the dead. They saw Jesus transfigure. They saw Jesus multiply. They did all the casting out demons, evil spirits. And when Jesus died, they all went home. Jesus says, they all go to Peter. What are we going to do now? The apostle Peter, he goes, well, I'm going fishing. Isn't it funny that the minute that things don't go to plan, and the minute that you think it's over, you default back to well, your old life. How quick do you go back to your old ways? How quick do you go back to your old thinking? How quick do you go back to your old habits when things don't go to plan? And Peter was a leader because they all said, well, we're coming with you. Even tax collectors went with him. <laughs> they weren't fishermen, but they all went with Peter. But Jesus made a promise. And if you go to um, John chapter 14, verse 25, I just want to systematically break this down because tonight's message is about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and when the power of God came upon the church. Now, if there's a discussion or, a, or a, if there's a topic that you want to have a fight and an argument and a debate throughout the whole world, is this topic. There's not one church can agree on this. Why? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the most attacked doctrine in the church today and it has been for 2,000 years. But I want to lay a foundation for you tonight because without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, without the power of the Holy Spirit, you can never walk this walk. You might be saved and going to heaven, but your life on this earth will be very mundane, very, you'll struggle. And tonight we're going to talk about a few things and we're going to talk about what the Holy Spirit isn't and what the Holy Spirit is. You know, Jesus made a very big statement. He says, if you sin against the Father, you'll be forgiven. If you sin against the Son, you can be forgiven. But he who sins against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. The Bible says that he who um, blasphemes the Holy Spirit can never be forgiven. He's made some major claims, Jesus, about the Holy Spirit. So we'll try and touch on that if we have time. So John chapter 14 and verse 25, it says, I'm reading from the New King James, hopefully that's up there. Jesus has been talking to his disciples and for the sake of time, I'm just going to break it down to get to my point. But Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you while I am present with you, but the help of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send to in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Now, you've got to understand something here. Jesus is preaching and teaching, and if you look at John chapter 4, you go from John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, Jesus is teaching. You get through the whole teaching. We've got chapters and verses in our Bible, but in the original, there's no chapters and verses. That's there to help us. But unfortunately, sometimes we read a chapter and close it, or oh, just like a novel, I read a book, a chapter. Tomorrow I'll read the second chapter. 
But sometimes you miss what Jesus is saying because Jesus didn't stop and say, okay, this is chapter one, full stop. I'll see you tomorrow for chapter two. It's continual. Especially when the writing's in red. Keep reading. Because Jesus is teaching here. And so this is a little uh, scripture outside all that teaching. He says, wait for the help of the Holy Spirit to come, whom my Father will send in my name, and he will bring everything I've told you to your remembrance. In other words, they didn't understand what the Holy Spirit was yet. They understood God's Spirit in the temple. And the last couple of weeks, if you haven't been here, you can go back and watch them. We've talked about the temple being ripped, the, the veil was torn, and the Spirit of God left the temple. At the same time the Spirit of God left the temple, the Spirit of Jesus left him. He says, into your hands, Lord, I'll give you my Spirit. And the, whole, the Spirit in, in the temple left. And Jesus went and died. And here he's saying, he'll bring you, the helper, the Holy Spirit will bring everything I've taught you to your remembrance. Who here reads their Bible? I don't know, put your hands up. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. And who here says, I've read the Bible, I read different uh, stories, I don't know how to read it properly, or I read, I don't understand it, or where do I start? They're all valid questions. Please don't misunderstand me. But I often say, listen, if you've got the Holy Spirit, read the Bible, read the chapters, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, read the epistles, read. Some people say, just read something. What version? Look, bro, listen. I have one bloke come up to me. This is a funny story. I've been reading. Okay, thank God. The Bible, he goes, nah. Oh, all right. What have you been reading? He goes, well, there's other books outside the Bible and we have to make sure that this Bible. And I said, bro, you haven't even read what's in the Bible. Don't worry about read what's outside the Bible. What translation worry? That translation. Okay, listen, bro. Just start somewhere. Read a kindergarten book if you have to. Read something. People worry about what's other books are out there. I go, but you haven't even read what's in the Bible, let alone what's outside the Bible. But when we read, sometimes we don't comprehend and sometimes we don't understand and sometimes, yeah. but read anyway. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will bring it back to your remembrance. The word remembers me, he'll bring it back to revelation. And it's sad that people, they, they got the Holy Spirit inside them and they don't, they don't activate it. Why? Because they sit there thinking, oh, they, they expect God to send an angel come down with a nice chariot with a horn, do, 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 and roll out the scroll and say, come here, grab him by the ear and say, read this. If you're waiting for that, it's not happening. The Holy Spirit's job was to form Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit's job on this earth is to form Christ in you and teach you everything that the, from the Father. He says, my Father will send the Holy Spirit in my name to teach you all things. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, let's go there, Acts chapter 2 verse 1. Now go Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and then we'll go Acts chapter 2. Say amen when you get there. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. I really want to make it simple tonight and I want to get into the theology. I want to get into the, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit here tonight. And I want to share some stories about when, when the Lord touched my life, I had no concept of the Bible. I just knew the power of God hit me. I didn't know it was the power of God until later. But I can honestly tell you that through my 19 years walking with the Lord and searching the heart of God out and being hungry for the things of God, have I done everything right? No chance. Have I said things right? No, I've messed up a lot of times. But I can honestly testify to tell you that the power of the Holy Spirit is within you and with you to overcome everything. I've seen miracles after miracles after miracles because of the power of the Holy Spirit. If it was so important, let's, before I jump the gun, Acts chapter 1 verse 4. This is the disciples now. Jesus has gone to the grave but they're all together and Jesus appears to them after the resurrection, yeah? Everyone say amen. 
pretend they understand me. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Here we go again. So in John, he says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. They still didn't have much concept of that. Here he says, you'll be baptized very soon. I know John baptized in water, and that is right. You need to get baptized in water. He says, but there's a Holy Spirit coming, and you're going to be baptized very soon. See, up until this point now, the Holy Spirit could come upon people, could come up, uh, around people, can guide people throughout the whole Old Testament, but the Holy Spirit could not reside in anyone until the cross of Jesus. Even the old saints of old, all the patriarchs of old. And here Jesus is saying, wait, don't do nothing, don't go anywhere. He's risen now. So now they've seen Jesus crucified. Peter goes fishing. Then Jesus reappears to them. They're excited now. So he died. Come back to life. He says, but don't do anything because I've got to go to the Father. But when I go, it's better that I go and I'll send you the Holy Spirit. And I'm summarizing. So on the day of Pentecost was the Jewish feast. This is what happened. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Pentecost was a, a Jewish feast. They would celebrate it just after the Passover. And there was all, all different types of feasts that would, this was one of them. And there's all Jews from all around the world coming to Jerusalem. There's the, part of their celebrations, part of their feast, part of their tradition. Look what this says. Now they're all together. There was 120 in the upper room, Peter and the women. So there's Peter and all the disciples and the women. There was 120. And all of a sudden, this was happens in verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had come, fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they, they were sitting. And there appeared from, to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each other of them, and they were filled. Everyone say, and they were filled. And they were filled. Say it again. Tonight, you'll be filled. It's a promise from the Father. With the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's the day, ladies and gentlemen, that's the day the church was birthed. Jesus had died. Jesus had rise again, but there was no power. He says to them, when the Holy Spirit comes here, you receive power. The word power in the Greek is dunamis, where we get dynamite. You receive dynamite power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then he goes on to say, and then you'll be my witnesses. Here in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea, in Judea, and then the rest of the world. This phenomena, if you want to call it, was prophesied in the book of Joel. Because the very next thing that Peter did was stand up in front of the Jews who said they're all drunk and said, we're not drunk, it's only nine in the morning. And then he starts to talk about this is what was prophesied in the book of Joel. Now I'm thinking, I'm scratching my head. He goes, either Jesus has told him about the book of Joel or he's learnt the book of Joel growing up as a Jew or he's, he's heard it preached in the synagogue. But then it came to me today that he came out and the first thing he did was tell them about Joel. And he must have been, he was telling very religious Jewish people about the book of Joel who knew the book of Joel. Are you with me? So Peter all of a sudden scared, shut the door. The Jews are outside, shut the door. Gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Now he stands up in front of 3,000 and says, nah. And he starts to preach. And 3,000 Jewish Jews came to Christ that day. And he starts talking about the book of Joel. What did Jesus say to him? When the Holy Spirit comes, he'll bring to your remembrance everything I've told you. Hallelujah. So it's not a waste of time reading your Bible. He said, oh, I can't understand it. Keep reading. 
because the Holy Spirit will bring you remembrance. Amen? And they received. 3,000 religious Jews came to Christ that day. The Bible says they were cut the heart, they were broken. It says, this Jesus that you crucified, but God raised from the dead. And they go, what do we do now? So they asked, what do we do? He goes, repent and be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit for the remission of sin. That's a good thing when you preach or someone asks me, what do I do? We always try and tell people, come on, come to Christ. 3,000 religious Jews came to Christ that day. Why? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Can someone say amen? So now they've got the Holy Spirit now. They're disciples. And now there's an explosion of Christianity in Jerusalem. It wasn't called, they weren't called Christians. They were called people of the way. People on the way. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But there was a lot of persecution at the same time. They didn't have it easy. They were getting locked up. They were shut out from the synagogues. They went out. People disowned them. And these disciples, but the Bible says, God added to their numbers daily, breaking of bread at each other's homes and preaching the apostles' doctrine. So there was power behind the church. There was power behind the believer. Is anyone with me tonight? If you're living in a powerless, and I'm not talking about miracles here. I'm just talking about walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, walking in the power to overcome. Now, I know a lot of people here, and I don't know a lot of people. And I've seen people come here, Rabs have seen plenty of people come, and we've seen them grow. They may not be where they want to be, but boy, you're a lot further than where you are. And I honour that because your walk is at every walk. Walk every day. If you're willing to stay the course, God is, will get you to the victory, amen? Because every day you take a, take a step and you trumble, uh, stumble, he says, don't worry, but I've already won the victory. Keep walking. So if you're looking for a, an excitement, so I look at Christ, my, my faith is excitement. I love a fight. You're fighting the good fight of faith. You got people say to me, Oh, ever since I came to your Bible studies, demons have been attacking me. I go, Cuz, they've been attacking you all your life. You just know about it now. <laughs> like, was your life any better last week? Now that you know about it, oh, just you're in the fight. You just don't know it. You're in a fight. The problem is, some people are going to battle without armor. But Jesus wants us to understand that. He understands our weaknesses. That's why he says, when we are weak, he is strong. But we love these scriptures. When I'm weak, he's strong. Oh, God looks after me. Don't worry. Uh, Jesus is saying, but hang on. I've died on the cross, so I've redeemed you by my blood. I've put my spirit in you, the Holy Spirit. I want to empower you, and you're sitting there waiting for what? A bus that's never going to come. We sit idle as believers. We sit idle. And we don't manifest the kingdom of God. You know, when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And what I want to share with you tonight, not to go, is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is probably the most important thing other than your salvation that you would need to walk this walk. How do I overcome me? Forget the devil, me. My faults, my old nature. How do I overcome that and still walk the walk that Christ wants me to walk? He says, he says, I'll never leave you as an orphan. I'll send you the Holy Spirit. So who wants to know? If, if Can I say it this way? Any builders here? Carpenters? Put your hand up. Oh, I said good ones over here. There's a couple of good ones. I'm sorry, Sam. 
Them's a builder. And he can build a house. He can build units. If he comes one day and says, oh, Sam, build me a house. Done. He comes and builds a house. I come there after six months ago. But Sam, that's not the house I want. What do you mean? It's a house. But hang on, hang on, hang on. Did you go by the plans? What plans? You didn't give me plans. I just built you a house. Look, there's a bedroom. I know there's a bedroom. There's a shower. I know there's a shower. It's two story. Look at the backyard you got. Look at this. We didn't even put water in your paint. We painted it without water. We painted real paint. Internal joke. But I say to him, but that's not what I wanted. And I'm paying for it, and you haven't built what I wanted. He says to me, but you didn't give me plans, so I built it the way I want. You know that the Bible is a book about Jesus? But in the book, it doesn't have the book of Tony and the book of Rabs and the book of uh, Dorian and the book of Sam. But guess who was there in creation at the beginning? It was the Holy Spirit. So in order for Sam to build me what I want, I give him the blueprint. I give him the architectural design. And he looks at the design and he builds it according to the plan. True? Well, how do we know the plan for our life? He goes, the Holy Spirit knows our plan. He'll guide you into all things. He'll show you all things. He takes us to the throne of God. He, he, he moulds Christ in you. And what we do, we ignore Him. Some people ignore Him out of ignorance. They don't know He's there. Some people have been told that the Holy Spirit's not real. Some people told me the Holy Spirit's real, but it's not for us. The, and you get all these theories. But if I was to say to you now, someone knows the, I know someone that knows the perfect plan for your life. He's got everything mapped out for you, ready to go. If you obey it, you'll go, yeah, well, who is he? I'll go, the Holy Spirit. If I said to you, someone's got a word for you, we'd run, wouldn't we? There's a good meaning out there. Let's run. But when the Holy Spirit lives inside you, we don't even say hello. He's the most ignored person in the Trinity. Yeah, he's got the blueprint for your life. He understands the purpose of God. See, but the Holy Spirit won't move in your life until you act in faith. The Holy Spirit was hovering around the deep waters before creation. Now, do we believe that the Holy Spirit's God? We believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. True. They're co-equal. Yet the Holy Spirit did not move above the waters until the word was spoken. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit knew that God wanted light. He didn't move until the word was spoken, let there be light. God's not going to move into your life until you start speaking. But you only speak by faith. But if you have no faith, he cannot move. He loves you. You're going to heaven, but he cannot move. So for me, it's to search out the heart of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not go outside the word. Holy Spirit will never go outside the word. I have so many spiritualists come and they're Christians, but they come up with all these weird and wonderful ideas that God showed them. I said, well, let's go back to Scripture see if that lines up with Scripture. Well, not really. I go, that can't be the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you can't have an encounter with the Lord. I'm not saying everything that you've been through is not from God. But when I start to rely on things outside the Word of God, the Holy Spirit does not go outside the Word. He always stays within the boundaries of the Word because He's the Spirit of truth. He's connected to Christ. Christ says He doesn't speak of Himself only speaks what he hears from the throne. The Holy Spirit's not going to go outside his word. And I love people believing stuff that's not in the Bible, but when you talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking tongues, you go, oh, that's from the devil. Hang on, you just walk 20 k's, put all, anyway. It's not in the Bible, but it's in the Bible, you deny it. Oh, but they, I believe it, but that's just passed away. Oh, I believe it, that's for someone else. And yet we deny the power that's within us through the blood of Jesus, Amen. 
Four things happen. See, the Holy Spirit, if you ask yourself a question, again, I don't know everyone here today. Why was it beneficial for Jesus to go? He says, better that I go. He's thinking, no, Lord, it's not better that you go because you've risen now. You're with us. He goes, no, it's better that I go. But how is it better that you go? He goes, if I don't go, the one that the Father, the promise of the Father won't come, the comforter, the helper, the spirit of truth. He guides you into all truth. But that doesn't make sense. I mean, who here wouldn't want to go now and sit with Jesus face to face? Come on, let's be honest. Who hasn't even said that? Wish I was alive in Jesus' time. We've all said that. But Jesus was saying that if I go to the Father, then I'll send the Holy Spirit. I heard this statement once, Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit is Jesus without limits. Because if Jesus was alive on this earth today, we couldn't see him. We have to get in the plane, fly to Jerusalem, go and find him. There's 3,000 people in front of us waiting for a ticket. By the time I see him, it's about 10 years' time. But Lord, I'm dying. He was a human being, true? He had to sleep. He had to eat. He had to separate himself and spend time with the Father. But the Holy Spirit can be with you 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year, all day, every day. That's why it's better that he goes. See, when Jesus gave up his spirit, he gave up his human spirit. He's, everyone here has got a spirit, amen? And when you got saved and born again, or you got touched by the Holy Spirit, whatever way you want to say it, you got ignited. So your spirit now became alive to Christ. Redeemed by the blood of Jesus, yeah? So you've got your own human spirit. Just Jesus had his own human spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit baptised him and anointed him to be the Messiah, to do the works. Because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and went about doing good, healing those oppressed of the devil. But when Jesus gave up his spirit, and then the Bible says the veil was torn and the God's spirit left the temple today, guess what? The Holy Spirit had to go somewhere. He was hovering. And on the day of Pentecost is the promise of the Father because Jesus had been resurrected and gone back to the Father and showed it in His arms and the sacrifice was given and the wrath of God was satisfied and no longer does God want to punish you because He's got the, the Jesus being punished on our behalf that He became our substitute that we can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit down on Pentecost and baptised all the disciples. And that's for us today contrary to some other theologians and other preachers. I got baptised in the Holy Spirit many years ago. And my understanding of it was not there. But as time went on, God showed me. Believers, as Rose was sharing on Wednesday, I had elders and I had leaders that spoke wisdom to my life and pulled me back when I was going a bit crazy. I thought I knew everything. And God moulded me and shaped me, but they never took away the power and the gift of my life. And guess what happens? As you start to listen to the Holy Spirit, God starts to train you in that manner. So the Word now, this Logos Word, this is Logos, this is living Word. It's the Bible. It's pure. It's beautiful. But then that Word, the Holy Spirit magnifies it and now it edifies you and becomes revelation. How many times do you can read something? It's just words. It's awesome words. It's instructions. There's a lot of things here. The Holy Spirit will bring information and turn it to revelation. Amen. Remember when Peter, Jesus said to Peter, who do they say I am? Some say you're a prophet. Some say you're John the Baptist reincarnated. Some say that you're Jeremiah. Yeah, but who, who do you say I am? He goes, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, ah, Simon Bar-Jonah. He said, look what he says. He says, flesh and blood. In other words, natural means did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. He went, he said something out of the inspiration of the Father's Holy Spirit and he brought out a revelation that was not it was supernatural. 
When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's not the end, it's just the beginning. A lot of people get baptized in the Holy Spirit, oh, I speak in tongues, I speak in tongues, I speak in tongues, and they never open their mouth once. The Holy Spirit starts to correct you in your inner man. On so many times, the Holy Spirit said to me, shush. Many times the Holy Spirit says, no talking. The Holy Spirit says, get to prayer. Turn left, don't turn right. Many times I can tell you story after story, and I'll share a couple of them. But when I give myself over to the Holy Spirit, I surrender myself over to the Holy Spirit, guess what I'm doing? <laughs> that was like, I don't like your message, mate. Yeah. Let's round it up. Are you still with me? If you read the whole book of Acts, the Bible says it's the book of Acts. It's the Acts of the Apostles, but I'm going to tell you it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit within the apostleship. And what the enemy does, it comes to rob you of power because what happens is he comes and says, that's not for today. Uh, you don't know what you're really receiving. Uh, and all these things come about and they rob you of your power. You're a spirit with a soul that lives in a body. And we're trying to obtain things from the flesh. And Bible says, kill the flesh and walk in the spirit. Well, I need help in the spirit. True. The Holy Spirit comes upon us and He only reveals Christ in us, the hope of glory. I wrote this down in Jude chapter 1 verse 20. There's only one chapter. You beloved, everyone say you beloved. You know, what, you know what beloved means? You that I'm in love with. If someone's in love with you, he doesn't lie to you. Or she doesn't lie to you. He doesn't say, I love you. He goes, I'm in love with you. That's what beloved means. You beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ until eternal life. I'm afraid that we uh, think we've made it when we've been baptised and that's it. We've been baptised, that's it. I'm afraid that we, we've been saved and that's it. I'm afraid that I joined the church, that's it. But you don't want this so much more for your life if you're willing to surrender to the Holy Spirit. So much more. People say to me, well, how do I know what I'm receiving and what if it's not true and what if I get a demon? I go, bro, you've been praying, you've been receiving demons all your life. What do you mean? He goes, well, you do this, 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 this. Oh, you never analyse that. You never analyse, I'm not going to take this and I'm not going to watch that and I'm not going to give my life to this and like that. But when it comes to God, no, I have to make sure now, look, you know, I can't just accept anything. That's how dumb we are as humans. We're dumb. When it comes to God, what if He's going to deceive me? You're already deceived. I was deceived. What if I... What do you mean, what if? Jesus says, if you ask, if your son asks you for a bread, do you give him a snake? If you ask for fish, do you give him a scorpion? You know. But then he says, you who are good, give evil, uh, sorry, you who are evil, give good gifts to your children. How much more your heavenly father will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him? Hallelujah. There's four things. First thing, when I get baptised, when you get baptised in the Holy Spirit, you don't speak to man, you speak to God. Your mind is not fruitful. What am I saying? None of your business. If you knew what you're saying, you probably wouldn't pray. Because we all want to be control freaks. We want to control God. 
And God says, if you pray in the Spirit, you don't pray to man, you pray to God, you edify yourself. It's your personal prayer language, you and God. No one can, def- no one can defile it. The devil doesn't know. You're not praying against the devil. You're just praying to God. And when you pray to God, it's your spirit and his spirit. The day of Pentecost, it was, it was a tongue for an unbeliever. It was a type where they, when they spoke in tongues, they heard them speaking in their language. They said, hang on, aren't these people from Galilee, yet they're speaking our language, the mysteries of God? In Corinthians, it talks about when you speak in tongues, you, you, you speak mysteries. What is the mystery? Something unknown? But when you, when you see the word mystery, it's like it's hidden. It's mystical. It's a, but the word mystery is a secret. It's a hidden treasure waiting for you to, to be revealed. The Bible says, I will reveal the mysteries of the kingdom to you. There's a mystery behind the cross. See, if the devil knew what would happen after the cross, he wouldn't have crucified him. The devil knows Scripture. He didn't know the mysteries or the treasure or the secret behind the Scripture. Amen? There's a mystery in baptism. I just went for a swim today. What's the difference of going and getting baptized? People say to me all the time, oh, well, we live together. Why do we need to get married? It's only a certificate. You get all these things, but there's a mystery. There's a secret. There's a treasure behind what we do. And the world perverts it, but God wants to edify you in that mystery. And he wants to reveal the mystery, the secret to you. It's not like God's hiding it. It's in God. But when I pray in the Spirit, guess what I do? I utter out mysteries into the Spirit. So what's the point if I don't understand what I'm saying? God is praying through me to bring it to pass. Amen. The other gift of of speaking in tongues, sorry, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is tongues for deep intercessional groanings that cannot be uttered. This happened to me once. I was in a prayer meeting and there there was a heavy burden on me. And I wouldn't say I'm a prayer warrior. Let's, let's be honest. I'm a talker, as you've noticed. But for me to sit quiet and pray, it's, it's hard. As my wife says, you love the sound of your own voice. I said, amen. I'm a talker. I'm a When I met Rabs, Eric says, hey, you guys are so different. Rabs will go sit in a tree, hunt a pig for eight hours. Me, I can't sit for five minutes. I go, when's this pig coming, Rabs? Like I can't sit still. We're different personalities. But the Bible says here that when you, there was a heavy burden on my heart to pray. And one day when everyone left, I fell in a heap. All I can explain to you guys is that it's like, how can I, I fell like something was coming out of my stomach. And I fell on the ground and I crept up and I was praying in the spirit. It happened to me twice in my life. And I realised later this is deep intercessional groanings. That could have been that God using my spirit to intercede for my family, my church, my city, someone. It could have been anything. People go, well, who was it? I, go, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't need to know. God took over my spirit to pray. That's, in, that's, in, that's true intercession. Not when I, oh, I want to intercede. No, it doesn't work like that. It's as the spirit wills. Another gift is tongues for an unbeliever. It happened to me once where I was praying for a guy who had a sick daughter about to die. She had a rare disease and we couldn't get through to him. We were praying for him, but it seemed like he was listening, but I don't think he was listening. And all of a sudden, my tongue changed. And then he, his eyes lit up. He fell on the ground. And then I, as he fell on the ground, I grabbed him. And I said to him in English, the first thing that came out of my mouth was after that was English. He said, yeah, I heard you the first time. I said, what do you mean? He goes, whatever you said in that language, I heard it in English. And then you said it again. And what I said was, fight for your daughter. God wants to heal her. He had given up on his daughter. because He had a daughter that died with the same rare disease earlier. This is his second daughter. That was a sign for an unbeliever. Another, another one is 
or public gatherings like this. If I always stand up here and pray in tongues and no one understands me, that's a waste of time. That's what Paul talks about. You're not fruitful by speaking in tongues and no one to interpret. But there's a time where someone will interpret what we're saying, which is to edify the church, to edify us all together. That's a gift that hasn't come in my lifetime. I've seen it once or twice, but I believe God's restoring all these gifts back to the body because then Jesus is the instructor of the church, not man. He guides us into all truth. He guides us what to do. This is early church. Early apostles would say, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. Paul said, I'm going to go to Asia. And the Holy Spirit forbid me. They had a relationship with the Holy Spirit, guys. They had an everyday relationship with the Holy Spirit. But unfortunately, what we've done, we've allowed the enemy to mysticize the Holy Spirit. So if the music's not on and you're not feeling goosebumps, the Holy Spirit's not here. He's there in the car driving with you. He's there when you're, when you're watching TV. He's there when you're at work. He's there 24 hours a day. But he's talking, but we're not listening. We've shared stories with you before where I was at work and I was going to throw people off the job site because they were costing me money. And as I was leaving, the Lord said, speak to him. Speak to him, I want to throw him off the balcony. That's what He's wrecked my job. I was in the flesh, all right? I wasn't praying. I wasn't believing. I just wanted to kick him out of my job site. I turn around, mate, what's wrong? And he starts talking to me about his life and the Lord touches him that day. We pray together in the toilet of this bow thing, he gave his life to Jesus and he said, all day I've been thinking to commit suicide. And I could have thrown him off the job and maybe added to that. That's a fine line, isn't it? Fine line. The Holy Spirit is there to comfort us in a time of comfort. Holy Spirit is there to help us when we need help. The Holy Spirit is there to empower us when we lack power. The Holy Spirit is here to teach us to overcome sin. The Holy Spirit is there to show us the Word of man. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what it does, he magnifies the Word of God. I don't know how you walk without him. I really don't. The Holy Spirit is not a genie in a bottle. The Holy Spirit is not a tarot card. The Holy Spirit is not conducting angels that will fly around your house. The Holy Spirit is, no, no. He's, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can blaspheme the Holy Spirit. So when you understand that, he's a person, he's the third person of the Godhead, Trinity. It's an amazing time with the Holy Spirit. When you get the Holy Spirit, what happens is that we need to understand that when we get mature in the Holy Spirit, he guides us. He tells us what to, what not to do. It's an amazing thing. The Holy Spirit empowers you. The Holy Spirit is Jesus in spirit form. I want you to understand something. The Holy Spirit is not a show. We don't prostitute the Holy Spirit. We don't use him like when we need him and we don't want to need him. The Holy Spirit runs this show. If the Holy Spirit says, shush, stop talking, we shut the book, we sit down, we just sit down all day, that's what happens. We need to all, who really thinks that we need to hear from the Holy Spirit, especially in this day and age? What to do, where to go, who to, all of us. Come on, man. All the plans that we can put together, all the ideas we can put together, if it's not by the Holy Spirit, it's going to fall to nothing. You think of the Holy Spirit as a wind, as breath. I think of the Holy Spirit is that when he was sent to us to fill us, to empower us, to overflow through us, to guide us. And I always often think, 
When you said the Holy, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will empower you, he will come upon you, and my father won't leave you as an orphan. Just a scratch in my head. I thought, okay, I understand Father God's my father. Jesus is like my older brother. He's my Lord, my Savior, he's my king, but he's like an older brother. And the Holy Spirit is like the breath of God. But it just bugged me for many, 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 many years thinking, how does he, how did he receive the Holy Spirit and not be an orphan? An orphan is a fatherless. And the Lord spoke to him one day, he goes, because he'll only bring my mind to you. He'll only bring my heart to you. He'll only bring my character to you. You'll be like me. Then the lights went on and I said, wow. Holy Spirit will lead us into worship. He'll get us to pray. He'll get us to walk. He'll get us to understand. He'll wake you up in the middle of the night to show you something that's about to happen. He'll wake you up in the middle of the night to tell you to believe for something that you could never believe for. He'll put an imprint of your heart of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one that guides us into all truth. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah. You can have all the best preaching, all the best singing, all the best church, feed the poor, feed the homeless, raise the dead, heal the sick. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you have nothing. It's powerless and the enemy will get involved and destroy it. So I don't know where you're at tonight. But the Holy Spirit does not speak of himself. He only he speaks what he hears from the throne. I want to read this to you. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2. Verse 2. Hallelujah. Are we there? Look what it says here. We'll go to verse 13, I think. It is God's privilege to conceal a thing. This is New Living Translation. And a king's privilege to discover them. No one can comprehend the height of heaven, the depths of earth, all that goes in the king's mind. Is that up there? Is that New King James? No. It says he removed the purities from silver and the sterling will be ready for silversmith. Remove the wicked from the king's court and his reign will be made secure by justice. Don't demand an audience with a king or push for a place among the great. It's better to wait for an invitation to the head of the table than to be sent away in a public disgrace. Just because you have... Verse 8. 7. Don't be in a hurry. It's better to wait for the invitation of of the head of a table than to be sent away in a public disgrace. Just because you have seen something, don't be in a hurry to go to court. For what will you do in the end if the neighbour deals with you shamefully and defeat? When arguing with your neighbour, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip and you'll never regain your good reputation. Timely advice is lovely, like golden apples in a silver basket. To one who listens and validates criticism is like a gold earring or other gold jewellery. Trustworthy messages refresh the, like snow in the summer and they revive the spirit of an employer. Can I, can I break this down for you quickly? Are you, are you willing? Are you ready? So I want to show you something here and then I'm gonna, we're going to stand, we're going to pray. You're going to stand, pray in your seats. 
I don't know who's been baptized or who wants the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to show you something. When I come to Christ, I lay it all down. Unfortunately, we come to Christ laying our hearts down and we pick up our garbage and take it back with us. I take my opinion back, my doctrines back, my theology back, my hurts back, my traumas back. When I come to Christ, I lay it down. That's why baptism is to die to self, to be buried with Christ and to rise again. That's why when we go to the cross of Calvary and we repent, we put everything on the cross. But unfortunately, we like to bring our garbage with us and say, God, now give me the keys of the kingdom and give me the treasure of the kingdom. And I've got no room to put it in there because you've still got stuff in you that you're not letting go of. Look what it says here. It says, It is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. In other words, there's mysteries hidden in Christ before the foundation of the world. What did we just say earlier? When we pray in tongues, we pray out mysteries hidden in Christ, right? When we speak out mysteries, there's a mystery, there's a secret, there's a treasure in God. God's glory covers it and it's up to us to search it out. Are you with me? Verse 3 says, No one can com- comprehend the height and the, and of the heaven and the depths of earth and all goes into, or what goes into the mind of a king. I don't know what's in Jesus' mind. I can't, how am I going to work out? I can't even fathom how, how high the heavens are and how deep the earth is, let alone to work out the king's mind, speaking about Jesus. But look what it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to man, but to God. For no one understands him. However, the Spirit speaks mysteries. But then it goes on to verse 4. It says, He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Then it goes on further to say here in Romans chapter 10, it goes, Who knows the mind of God except the Spirit of God? Who knows the mind of a man except the Spirit of a man? In other words, in order to know God's mind, I can't. But God's Spirit knows His Spirit. Guess what the Holy Spirit does? He brings the mind of Christ to us so we can work out what's in the King's mind. Come on, say amen. In other words, how am I going to work out this God? God, what's going on with my life? God, what's happening in the world? God, I'm trying to work out the plan, the purpose of God. I'm trying to work out with my natural mind. I can't. I can't even tell you how high the bloody heavens are and how deep the earth is. But the Spirit of God does, and He lives in you and me. Oh, remove the impurities of silver and sterling, and we'll be ready for the silversmith. In other words, silver represents grace, represents redemption, represents royalty, silver. He says, remove the dross, all the impurities. When a goldsmith or a silversmith gets gold, it removes all the heat in fire. You know what he's saying here? Repent and come to me with an open heart and let me cleanse you of all your impurities so the Holy Spirit can teach you. Don't come to God and give Him all your garbage and say, you know what, I don't agree with that, I'll do my way. Remove the wicked from the king's court and let let him reign, let his reign be made secure with justice. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. True? The Bible says the kingdom of God is within you. In order to have a kingdom, you need a king. Who's our king? Jesus. He's saying, he, what he's saying? Remove your flesh out of the way. Get rid of your corruption out of the way. And then another translation says, righteousness will reign in the king's court. In other words, let Jesus be the Lord of your life. He to, for Jesus to be, everyone loves Jesus as their saviour. True? I'm a sinner, I need a saviour. But not many people have him as Lord. Lord means ownership. And is he willing, are you willing to give him your ownership of your life 
him God you. Is he speaking to someone? Don't demand an audience and push your place among the great. Remember what Jesus said, don't be like the hypocrites, the Pharisees who go sit at the top of the table in wedding banquets and that. You go sit humbly and let him promote you. Don't promote yourself. Don't attract people to yourself. Sit back and let the Lord promote you. Let the Lord edify you. Let the Lord lift you up. Don't take someone to court. He's saying here, do not judge your neighbour and defeat because just in case you. Do not judge lest you be judged. A lot of people judge someone for something that they've done and the Bible says don't judge least the same measure that you measure to be measured back unto you. There's a story about these five, these preachers that came and hammered this preacher that fell into adultery. Instead of restoring him, they went publicly on TV and bagged him. And then later on, every one of them was found doing the same thing he did because they opened the door to that. Instead of condemning the action, say this is wrong, but why do you need to go on TV and condemn the guy after he's repented, after he's gone to jail, after the guy's broken? Instead of restoring it, brother, they went publicly and, and, and shamed him publicly. Guess what happened? Every one of them guys fell in the same sin because that's not grace. It's not right, but it's not grace. You know, that's, leave that to Jesus. That's none of your business. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit won't bring stuff to you to go hammer someone publicly. Holy Spirit told me this and they put it out in the world. Hang on, if the Holy Spirit told you, go to your brother and restore it. Go to your brother and give him a warning. Not the fellow. The Bible says, don't throw pearls to swine. And unfortunately, in the body of Christ, we're quick to, to get the next. Oh, see, look, and they go after someone and they don't even know the story. They don't even know. You've got no idea. When it says argue with your neighbor, it's talking about anyone who's close to you. If someone's told you something in secret, don't go tell the whole world and say, I'm not gossiping, but that's not the Holy Spirit. These are all characteristics of what the Lord does. Can we stand? The power of the Holy Spirit is not because you're good. The baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't because you deserve it. The the, God's willing to release His Spirit upon you if you're willing by faith. It's by faith you're saved. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. But if you have had enough of your walk, you think, you know what, there's got to be more to this. And you seem to go, be tossed to and fro with every wind and doctrine. Or if you're a you're at a place where you think, man, God's not talking to me. Or I'm reading, but I'm not understanding. Or I'm confused. Or if you're a type where you've been in the church a long, long time and you do everything out of religious motives, like you come, you're faithful, but it's just a struggle. You come to church because you have to. You read your Bible because you have to. You, you, wherever you are today, even ones that have been taught that this baptism is not for, from God or it's passed away. God bless everyone that preaches the gospel, but I'm here to tell you that without the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you cannot succeed in this world. You cannot fulfill the call of God on your life. And you know what the biggest thing that you're missing out on? That beautiful intimacy with the Holy Spirit, that personal one-on-one -on -one relationship, you and God, just you and God.
And if you're willing to open your mouth and pray, he's willing to answer that prayer because it's a pure prayer because the Holy Spirit is praying through you. You know, it's amazing where Jesus comes to die for us on a cross because we can't save ourselves. I want to paint a picture of this loving God. You guys have sinned and fallen short. You can't save yourself. I'll send my son to die for you on your behalf. He becomes our substitute. Then he rises again to give us new life. He redeems us by his blood. He sits us in heavenly places. But you're still a frail human being on this earth. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to come and live in you. And I know you don't know how to pray very well because your minds are not fruitful and your mind is enmity to God. In other words, your, your mind is an enemy to God. What I'll do, I'll get the Holy Spirit to move in town, move into your spirit. And you know what? I'll even give Him a prayer language through you to bypass your mind so I can fulfill the perfect, perfect. Like how much more does God need to do for us? But all He requires us to do is open our mouth and pray, believe, obey. And when we do that, we start to be formed into the image of Christ. We start to see Christ in how God sees Him, not how we see Him, how religion sees Him. The beautiful Holy Spirit can come upon you. You know, the, you, can be, you can even be filled with the Holy Spirit, but you're thinking, what's the point? You know the, the Hoover Dam in America? Is it America or Canada? There's a big dam full of water. And every time they open the gates, the water runs down the stream and they've got these big turbines. And the turbines spin and they generate and they power up the whole city with electricity just from running water. And I saw this and went, wow, that's awesome. So you should, it's massive. The biggest engineered creation since, God knows, the pyramids. And when they open the gates, there's a lot of water coming running and it's so fierce, the water, the pressure, it spins the turbines and it powers up the whole city. And the Lord spoke to my heart and I seen this one day and I saw it in my heart. He goes, that's my believer. They've got the Holy Spirit. It's in the dam, but they'll never open their mouth and speak to release the power to the city. So you can have the Holy Spirit in you, but you've never opened your mouth and prayed once. I've got it, but you're like that dam, full of Him, but with no power. Full of Him, but with no, no anointing. Full of Him, with no... You don't see nothing, you don't do nothing, you don't feel nothing, and you sit there and you think, oh, but I'm, I'm done. No, 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 God wants you to... You know, the gate is your mouth. Life and death is the power of the tongue in every which way. Without your mouth, you praise God. Without your mouth, you curse God. Without your mouth, you speak life. Without your mouth, you speak death. But God wants you to speak and let the power of the Holy Spirit teach you. I can guarantee you, I'm t- listen to me. It's, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to push you. I'm going to trip you over. I'm going to do whatever I have to do for you to understand that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what you need today. He'll take you on a journey you'll never forget. When the Holy Spirit of fire, he says, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. So close your eyes. Just in your seat right there. This is a precious moment. This is a time, just you and Jesus. You and Jesus. You can go from the Genesis to Revelations and you can read everything from Genesis to Malachi in the Old Testament. 
but you'll never see anyone in the Old Testament baptized and infilled, indwelling with the Holy Spirit. That came after the cross. You can see prophecy in the Old Testament. You can see miracles in the Old Testament. You see the dead raised in the Old Testament. You see signs and wonders in the Old Testament. You see angels fall in the Old Testament. You see God's miracle hand in the Old Testament. It's all there. But never before could the Spirit of God live in a man or a woman until Jesus resurrected. That wasn't just for those blokes 2,000 years ago. That's for us today. The devil's done a great job lying and hoodwinking the church and robbing its power. But I'm here to tell you today, if you want it and you receive it, it's yours. It will change your life. The Holy Spirit will come in the fullness of God inside your spirit. He will give you a prayer language. He'll give you, he'll bring the mind of God to your mind. He'll bring the blueprint of your life that God already has ordained for you and bring it to your remembrance. Everything that you've ever learned from God, whether it's the Bible, whether it's preaching, He'll bring it to your remembrance. You're not dull of hearing. You are a child of the living God. Who wants to see power? Who's bored of the Christian walk? Who wants to see the miraculous? Who wants to see God change them from the inside out? Who wants to see God move them into a place? Who's sick and tired of getting beaten up by the devil and beaten up by yourself and beaten up by this world? Who wants to overcome? Jesus says we are more than conquerors. So right there where you stand, I'm going to pray. And if you're willing, you, you, you pray with me. And are you asking for more? Do you know where you're at? I don't. But I'll tell you now, the Holy Spirit knows where you're at. Hallelujah. I want you to shut your natural minds off now. I want you to shut down everything that's holding you bound. I want you to say, you know, this guy's talking garbage or I've heard this before or I've tried this before. But I just want you now, you and God, if you're not satisfied with the walk you're walking, surrender it to Jesus and be filled. The Bible says they're all in one accord and they were filled. You read the whole book of Acts, they went, they laid hands, they prayed, and they filled and they spoke in tongues. They went out, they laid hands, and they spoke in tongues. Cornelius got filled even without the laying of the hands. He just received it, and they spoke in tongues. This is for you and your children and those who are afar, the Bible says. Where they're afar, that's us. That is for today, the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray. This is a prayer between you and God. Your heart needs to touch heaven tonight. The Bible says if you ask him, he'll give you the Holy Spirit. He's a gentleman. He won't force his way in. So if you want to repeat after me, I'm going to pray. Then you repeat. But believe it in your heart that you're received then we'll open the floor if you want prayer. But it's in your seat. I want this to be between you and Jesus. Say, Heavenly Father, we confess Jesus is Lord. The Son of God died on the cross for me. He was buried for me. and He rose again. 
Holy Spirit, make that real. Fill me with your presence. I invite you in. Change me from the inside out. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Like your scripture says, I receive right now in Jesus' name that I will speak in tongues of angels as the Spirit gives me the words in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want you to lift your hands to heaven. And those who don't speak in tongues and have prayed that prayer, I just want you to just let the Holy Spirit move. Now, the Bible says that he does the filling and you do the speaking. He gives you the words. So I want you to just trust God right now in your seat. No one's watching between you and God. And I just want you to do whatever comes to your mouth, whatever syllable, wherever word, just come. Let it come out. Worship him. Just start speaking and then rivers of living water will flow from your belly, the Bible says. Hallelujah. Just as where you sit, if it was good enough for the Virgin Mary, if it was good enough for St. Peter, if it was good enough for the people in Jerusalem, it was good enough for you. Let it flow. Your mind's going to say it's not, this is not, I'm making it up, who cares? Just let it flow. Let it flow. Come on. Let's go. Throw Let it go. Trust God. Flow in the river. Trust God. Open your mouth. He's not going to force your mouth open. You have to do this speaking. Come on. Come on. Let it flow. Let it flow. So I want this to be you and Jesus, not me doing something for you. It's you and Jesus. Come on. Shandaraba. Test him. Try him. This is something you can. He says, receive it by faith. No more English. No more your language. I want you to pray in the Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's it. Good. But see, the Lord's showing me two, three people already talking now that have never spoken before. Come on. Trust God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Simba. Jesus, 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 Jesus. There's oppression leaving people right now. This demon oppression that's been holding you back in your mind is leaving right now. Gone in Jesus' name. Come on, speak. 